0: A very, very warm welcome to Graham Huber and Mark Cohen, ex-founders, co-founders of Console
1: Partners. Great to see you both, calling from different parts of the world. Thank you, Gordon. Yeah, 5,000 miles away in LA, sunny LA right now. Hi, Gordon. Where where
0: are you, Graham?
2: I'm in Hartfordshire, not so sunny
0: LA. (laughs) Fantastic. Really, really delighted. Mark's been on the uh, Tyrion podcast before. Um, but this is the first time we've had you both and I'm really looking forward to this and uh, I know when we're having a chat we thought you know there's so much we could talk about but the the bit I think we all honed in and I love the idea is is on the journey and we'll talk about the journey briefly in a second but on the journey to from startup to to the event and the exiting the business the the whole concept of partnership um, and, and the leadership piece and the journey that you've had. There was so, there's so many little uh, gems and nuggets and experiences to share, but uh we'll go where the conversation flows. For those people who aren't fully aware of the journey, obviously we'll, we'll we'll go back to your journey as as partners. But the business that you exited in 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 2020, uh founded in t- 2008, exited in, in in June 2020. Just just no, no, describe no,
1: December 2019.
0: December 2019.
1: My we apologize. didn't we, we knew COVID was coming, and we just said we got to get out. I said to Graham, like we got like two or three months before COVID comes and we just jumped out of the business then. Yeah, we literally walked off into sunset December 2019. Sweet, sweet time. Uh, and you know everyone always oh, says
2: everyone says timing, it's all about timing. And when you're in a business trying to grow it, you can't know, hear that so much. I mean the timing for us to finish December 2019 was ridiculous. When COVID hit, we caught each other saying, Can't we can't believe it? Oh my god, we can't believe we've timed it. It's happened this way. It was amazing because we just hung out.
0: Love it. So, just describe the business in December 19 that you exited. Where it was based, what was focused on, size, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
2: Yeah, it, it was in um, London, Los Angeles, and Austin. Yeah, uh, we had contract and permit I ran the U.S. European business. Mark ran the U.S. and we had um, contractors out throughout Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Um, uh, mature business growing that's phenomenal right and had lots of runway to carry on its growth journey at that point point. and us mark
1: yes yeah, so i mean, we, the business overall we had like what three 350 contractors hitting close to 50 million dollars in in turnover about whatever 35 million pounds um really good strong perm basis drop down to profit really well um so yeah it's really good solid business Obviously, as much as I joke about it, we didn't have a clue what was going to happen in 2020. So the timing worked out really well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, But the big thing for us is it was very much a tech business focused on future tech, etc. And obviously, I've spoken about some of that journey before. But one of the things that perhaps we underestimated, Graham and I, and it's only afterwards we start to reflect a little bit more on the journey, was how important that partnership was. And in fact, I would actually say, for me, it was the single, for us, it was a single most important element of the console journey was we had that partnership. And when I'm talking to other founders, et cetera, I always say that partnership is fundamental. We've seen many great businesses, unfortunately, not scale heights because the partnership uh, disbanded. And alternatively, we've seen many solid businesses evolve because that partnership stayed so close. So that was the big one.
0: Yeah. So let, let's, get, let's get into that again. So... Uh how did you first meet and what convinced you convinced you that actually this is a partnership that could work
2: well, we, we met we previously worked for uh, the same company a company called networking people um, which i was one of the founders of and we met in what could have been really challenging circumstances in los angeles you know, i can't remember the year marco you remember the year 2001, it could have been, april 2001 april 2001 we met I was flown out to Los Angeles because it was a crisis mode and Mark had just joined our company, moved from Sydney, Australia to Los Angeles and walked into a crisis. And uh, I was flown out to try and kind of figure it out and find out what happened. And so I met Mark and the first, the first thing Mark was like, what have I done? I kind of and we, we had a real connection from that first meeting. Just you know, I think we had trust straight away
1: yeah it was a very on. funny thing but yeah that in that first meeting we got on great it was like instantly that, from that minute I think I got into arrived into a very challenging situation a company that was struggling and I didn't know and and Graham just gave me total support didn't try and dress it up didn't pretend like yeah I agree with you what you've done so it was actually quite a funny thing for us we always stayed close and yeah. it's always really funny within our business because there was a general feeling that everyone Graham was in the UK and, and I was in the US and there was a feeling. Uh, mp group uh, you two guys would be brilliant together and it was something that people would say without realizing well actually that might happen one day
0: yeah all right but, but it, it must because so i guess seven years later you set up consulate but it was more than getting on and and mutual respect what, what else there was a
1: piece there was there was a piece There was a couple of things there was a, a philosophical match and that's something really important i talk about your friends are your friends, your partner's your partner, because it's a good philosophy match. And Graham and I had the same same philosophical match on high-end recruitment, quality-driven, future tech, emerging markets, next big thing. And therefore, we we stayed in touch over those seven years. We we're also two of the top performers in the business. So I would always come back for the awards and all of that stuff. And, and then, therefore, it would be Graham and I that were interacting. So we we're able to build a, a relationship. And it was probably pretty useful having a bit of distance between us where we rated each other, liked each other, but didn't see each other that often, weren't, you know, hanging out every weekend, obviously. Um, and that really then created a platform for one day us to say, to be honest, the business kept saying it, we should probably do something. And it was a case of Graham saying, yeah, if you were in England, might help change things without knowing that I was thinking about maybe it's time for me to come back. So it was actually a really really... Um, Long process for us, but one that maybe was obviously going to end up. We probably felt that for a while we'd end up in that position. But I
2: think, but I think Mark, when, you, when we think about that, we would kind of had this kind of concept for a while. But actually, not long after Mark got back to the UK, Mark, you'll probably remember better than no, I. Not long. I mean, we wrote the business planning meeting. We met, filled up pretty quickly in a uh, grungy little office on Moorgate called The Hub. We rented a, a meeting room out for a day, and we wrote you know, the skeleton plan for the business plan, and it kind of happened really quickly from Mark coming back.
0: And, and so, so just yeah, uh, the same philo- same philosophy, yeah, and, and both trusted each other other to deliver. Was, was there any chat, or, 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 or what would you share as a, in terms of your journey to anybody wanting to set out it, it, with a partner? Was there anything about who's going to do what? Because That's I guess really interesting. I guess interesting. in the beginning there were two of you, so you didn't know what what you were going to build. But but, but still, did you say right, you're good at that and I'm good at that? Or
1: so, no, I don't think it Not was in the early days. Yeah, because and that evolved multiple times, which we're, which I'm sure we're going to come on, on to talk about. The truth be told, we're builders, we directors. Mm. It's very different, obviously, when you're founders running a business, taking everything. And there was areas of our business the NP group that neither one of us would have touched Mm. so we didn't necessarily know oh this is obviously this going to be my strength Graham's strength etc I think there was a philosophical match I really rated Graham as a as a as a a pillar as a as a top recruiter as a top individual Mm. and really good knowledge and I think we both had that mutual respect um and it also helped that we got on well I mean like Graham and I to this day like he's one of my best friends and you know he's in my wedding party we talk all the time um, and that was something really useful because I went into business with somebody who went on to become one of my best friends, but also I just felt was really, really good at his job. And that trust always stayed with us. Like if Graham said something was right or wrong, in my mind, that's the way it is. I don't mm. need to question it. That's what it was. And, and same vice versa. So I think that really helped because we felt that early on. Yeah,
2: I think when I, when I reflect back at the, my time at NP, uh... I was 21 when I was one of the founding team, shareholder, uh, director of it, and I felt when when Mark and I started consult, NP had become my dress rehearsal. So I'd immersed myself in the financial part of the organisation, and I used to bug the FD. we would happen to get on set, tube into the city every day, in the same. Day. And I bug him every day, teach me finance, and he'd always be like, "What? I mean, he's a very good friend of mine. What? Why? Why is this guy want to know? I want to understand invoice discounting because I kind of knew at some point, I didn't know when." I him to just learn and try and sponge it all in because, yeah, that, that definitely was a dress rehearsal for me. But as Mark said, we started as builders, we had to generate revenue. We put our own cash in, and it was about, can we start something? So mm. there was yeah. a
1: little thing that Graham and I did, which is just before we launched the business in January 2008, we had a few months where we were uh, basically my house was our office. Graham would come to work every day, and we build. Really big. We had like four months where we just crushed numbers <laughs> because me and Graham were just on it. Like it was a really big sort of period. And then we just used that money to set up console gave us a really good run rate, really good sort of pivot in there. But also, there we are, sitting there in an office working together. And then suddenly take an hour off to go play tennis. It's really funny. was really funny. It was really funny yeah, I we rubbish at tennis and he was
2: good at tennis. And yeah, it's just that was part of it. Like, what? why would you play tennis? <laughs>
0: But the but the um i because thinking about we, we've had to disentangle a few business relationships over the over the years. I think it's fair to say, but uh, you'd almost had this really nice period of seven years or whatever it was, where you just got to know each other, trust each other, knew you shared the same values and business philosophy. So I, I I guess the lesson is just be very sure before you jump in. um
1: Yeah, and I think there's to me the philosophy I really put extra value on philosophy, and that was underpinning everything we do and underpins how I engage now there's a philosophy that I have about recruitment me as an individual and obviously I'm opinionated on on what that looks like what works and what doesn't therefore for example for me as an advisor if I I part my philosophy with somebody if they like it great now we're on the same but they might also believe something totally different the philosophical piece is what you're going to keep coming back to every time how do we approach this how do we work what do we believe in and if that's matched, there's a really, really strong chance it will work. But like any relationship, no joke, you have to work at it and keep that in place and make efforts around it and stuff like that. There's also other little nuances that probably Graham and I are one step more privileged. For example, my wife uh, worked at NP Group with Graham. So Graham knows, and knew my wife really well. Um, and, and they always got on. And that was a nice thing. And same for me. I know Graham's wife. So when we wanted to hang out... We could hang out, all four of us, and know each mm. other, and interact, and that'd be a proper relationship. Um, if I was describing Graham, talking about the problem at work, my wife would know what Graham's mindset is, and actually, funny enough, Graham and I were talking about this other day, Graham's wife uh, is, was always in tune with the way I was thinking about things, and it was really <laughs> funny, because if something came up, she would say, oh, I think this, and he'd, Graham like, "God, oh, you and Mark are always just on the same page, <laughs> it's a funny thing there. So that was fortunate for us. But, yeah, I think philosophy, respect. And it was a friendship. We were fortunate that we actually got on well.
0: what, what time did you, as you started to scale the business, did you
2: start to define roles a little bit? I, I think probably pretty soon we had a kind of up like roles defined, pretty soon in terms of oh, thinking yeah. about some of the basic functions like L&D as an example and finance, two examples. Um, Mark's Mark L&D, you go down know, to an e master sales trader. So it's honestly his thing. I probably had more exposure to finance from my previous experience. So there were some na- things that kind of naturally fell into place. Um, but really, there, I think there were iterations of it over and over again. Um, I think that probably there was a moment when actually we were working with James. James came in in maybe year two, Mark, I can't remember. I think probably year two, possibly year three. And James worked with us as an as a advisor for a year. And he was key moment where he identified the need to document and and structure our roles and responsibilities Mm -hmm. and that allowed us to be better together and stronger as a unit as a two and that was a a really really big key moment which is nice for us sitting here talking to you now that your business partner was crucial in terms of you know part of the the progression of the company.
1: Mm -hmm. I think this is a really good area to touch in because at first you're almost doing a bit of everything together And then obviously when the business comes in, you start hiring and there's more people, you naturally start to to pivot towards different areas. So Graham, for example, with me, it was, uh, I was much more day one, the sales director, Graham, um, operational, maybe more CEO role. Um, But actually, as we started to pivot and as we started to get into board meetings, I said there was things that we didn't know. We'd be in a board meeting and I remember us doing this, Graham. Which is, I'd look at a number and I would just go, what's that number? And it, like, I don't know why, just numbers jumped out on a spreadsheet. Because I hadn't done that much before. And suddenly Graham realised, oh, wait a second, I'm just going to stay quiet and let Mark pick out numbers. And that became a thing that suddenly I got Mm. good on the numbers side. I hadn't had that much exposure to it. Graham had far more knowledge than I did around the finance side. But suddenly he's realising I'm picking up on what I felt were anomalies. And little things like that really started to evolve. Same one, let's say. Not not consciously as well,
2: Mark. Like Mark, Mark said, that just happened, and I think Mark's got that analytical ability. I don't really have that. And it wasn't we had a discussion. Oh, Mark, you do that because you're good at it. It just it just happened. Some of this stuff, right?
1: Yeah, there's a natural evolution, and there's a piece there where I think we got good at deferring to each other at times. I mean, obviously, look at it one way, as in like Graham sort of saying, looking at let's say the strategy. Graham got all right, cool. Like, allow me to if I started to step in and right, I'm thinking I'm leading strategy he's sort of new at times as a partner you have to get out of the way your other partner's in a flow and he got out of the way and we, we would absolutely just say no i love it carry on i'm not yeah uh, there was one thing i did want to talk about in the setup though. There, was, there was there was two things that came up in the setup uh i can just say the word and graham will laugh and say it say the next thing graham uh, talk about andy pollock Gosh, shall i say it? well i'm not going to say it yeah you can i'll say it. andy pollock he's the bollocks he's the bollocks So basically, (laughs) we met somebody um, day one, and it was really important for us. You know, like you have these sort of meetings, and there's little inflection moments on that journey, and he was very clear day one, you set up the business to exit. That means you act like that day one. You have a board meeting and board meeting notes day one. You have all of this stuff. So If somebody comes and looks at your business, it was set up as a serious business from the start. And that was really amazing for Graham and I like to really look at each other and say, we loved that advice. So we took it to heart. Funny, I was talking to somebody about it just yesterday saying, you know, whatever you do, it has to be with an exit in mind. And and, and think about somebody's going to look over your business and all your decisions. That was a really good session. And then also in the setup meetings, we are dealing with things that I haven't dealt with before. Invoice discount There's quite complex scenarios, things that as a biller, I never had to really do. It was always done in the system. Going to all these different meetings and the setup and some of them were complex. So I would know. I, I, Graham sort of felt like they'd say, oh, cool, you're getting this, guys. And Graham, like, yep, got it. And I'd be like, <laughs> "Nah, no, nah, I, I don't get it. Uh, I, I'm really sorry. Like, can you please explain it to me? And I would not leave a room. Graham knows. I'm not going to leave a room. I don't care if I come across as anyway. I, I don't care. I, I'm not going to leave a room until I understand it. It's important. I need to understand it. But Graham would be like rolling his nice eyes, guy. He's always asking questions and stuff like this. Uh, and I'd be like, Graham's just a genius. He gets all this stuff straight away. He's so good. So we'd come out to the meeting, go. I'd, I'd look at him. Go. Did you do? No, that was. I found that tough. Did you? He'd go. Oh, I didn't have a clue what was going on, but I knew you weren't going to leave So you had this dialed in. Gordon, that's why you're the business partner. <laughs> exactly but actually it's quite because
0: you're also talking about how i if, you, if you're really going to run a successful business the stuff you've got to know even if it's not your your thing you, you uh, you've got to have a certain understanding
2: and i think i think just to give some insight into that into the way that mark and i thought was yeah when we started the company we started it to return shareholder value we had written in our original business plan that this business was we were so focused and driven on that and to the extent that pre-launch you know, we met with four or five different accountants with three different sets of lawyers with you know we had everything set up with five different invoice discounters we we're a perm company perm staffing company for the first year we had invoice discounting and, and we was say, why have you got that what was the right thing to do right for the structure of the business and mm. you know, we had the non-exec directors and advisor pre-launch and I remember one of the advisors one of the accountants, and lawyers saying oh why are you doing that you know you're giving equity away in your company and X percent of zero value today, but in the future, it's going to be worth a lot of money. And Mark and I are like, absolutely, it's the right thing to do. Mm. We're well, going to have a non-exec director pre-launch. And all of those decisions, you know, whilst part of us were saying we just kind of set it up to let it grow, we, we, we didn't. The truth is, we had a very, very specific plan, a detailed business plan, and we went about it the right way from day one. It wasn't oh, let's just set up in our bedrooms. No, it was going to be a big company. Mm.
1: So that's point number two in the reason that we're able to build an exit a business. I'd say the point one is the partnership was so key. And one of the things I've realized now advising other companies, not all of them. Um, oh. Have been set up to exit and that's such a major advantage when you're almost set up day one to, to do that and have that strategy it was a really good advantage
0: talk to me a little bit about more of that, the role of advisors then because you know you significant scaling that the business you exited was was significant business you know what you know you're good at what you're good at how did you kind of view bringing in external input and voices
1: really good point um I, I'm all of, I think both of us love learning, and we weren't that ego-driven. So no. I think constantly it was a case of uh, I, we both had this, which is people over the years. Oh, great business, well done. I don't care. Just tell me what's wrong. Tell me how I can get better. Tell me how the business can improve. And then we realised actually if we bring advisors in early on. They trust it. They're the big brother of the business. They'll tell us hopefully what we need to need to know. We don't have to agree with the advice. Um, but at the same time, it was a really good source. And actually, like, we had at least one advisor every year, broadly, two advisors every year. Obviously, we touched on James being a key person for us, and different advisors helped us in different parts of the journey.
2: And, and different profiles as well. There were four key advisors, and they all had different profiles and brought something different to, to, to what Mark and I were trying to achieve in certain moments.
0: And that but that over a 12-year journey, so you got four four key influencers during that time and obviously accessing different, different experts. With that how good did you get at stepping away from the business and saying, where are we up to? You know, what's the next year or two about? Very good.
1: We were very, we're very, very good. At I think we're pretty mature about that. Um, yeah. We're probably- we, we, were never, we were never just a yeah. lot of businesses running, but
2: we, we were never. We had we're disciplined month one, we had four meetings with quarterly strategy sessions from the first year, we were very, very disciplined on
1: that. Mm. Yeah, I think that structural piece is something that I see that's really helpful. We are a little bit process-driven, yeah. so sort of have that, that sort of methodology piece, and that that just helps us sort of often analyse and look at that, and we've got the team involved in quarterly things and annual meet, all the usual stuff that you'd expect a big business to do. Mm. That was ingrained day one.
0: It is interesting when I think about across our members, because... I'll bang on about pr- plans and processes and, and data all the, all the time. But there are some people who set out with that philosophy early doors. If we're gonna scale, it's gotta be a machine. I've got to underpin it with good process. the
1: right
2: systems,
0: Invest a little bit more in that. Just obviously 2008 to 2019, fantastic start, fantastic finish. You must have had some really challenging times at some point. That put a bit of pressure on you two, maybe in your relationship, or maybe a, a, with the shared leadership piece. How did how did again from the partnership point of view? How did that? How did you manage that sort of stuff?
2: Well, the first the first crisis. We, we first day trading was first of January 2008. Uh, March 2008, three months in. Lehman Brothers crash. We started. We started a staffing company, and world, the world changed. You know, biggest financial crisis was 70 years. And here we were, like, and I started, mean, like, what is going on? So that was the first major crisis that I was getting. That one, we were just micro niche where can we add value? We'll do the hard things. Obviously, Mark and I had worked through downturns before, so we knew the recipe of what to do and how to get through them. And we, we built through that, and we were very nimble and agile. I think we got year one, we got the company up to headcount of 12 and profitable. We did just sharp a million in net fee income in the first year, um, profitable, debt free by, by month 14, and so we we really were very very hands on in terms of not just driving and growing the company, but driving the sales engine. Company.
1: Um, and there, there were a couple of challenges. I remember, like um, this is a funny one for Graham and I. Graham and I, I'd like to think we got on really well. Like, and we rarely argued or anything. Uh, but obviously, at the time, Arsenal and Liverpool were going toe to toe in the Champions League games. I remember the Champions League semi final. I just remember that. That is one of those burning memories, Graham. In uh, the pub. In the pub. Just so you know, guys, i talk about Graham and I. Like I said, like we always got a well, always. And then the one thing the team would know if you just sort of mention Arsenal or Liverpool, they'll start needling at each other. I'll be like, nah, that's shit. So we start <laughs> talking about this. And then it was a famous uh, Champions League. Uh, I think it was a semi. It was a semi-final, and uh, uh, I think Arsenal scored in like the last minute. And Graham is jumping up. He's in my face. He's <laughs> shouting yeah. the uh, He's dancing. He's dancing in my face, and I am like absolutely gutted. And I'm watching and I'm looking like, oh, we've won a penalty. Liverpool got a penalty in that like this is that double injury time. So I started cheering. Graham's cheering, and Graham looks at me. Why are you cheering? Like he looks back <laughs> at the screen. This is a penalty. Come on! <laughs> that was a, a really fun one for me, and uh, yeah, nice memory for me that one, Graham. Uh, but there was this thing here which we do only ever argue over Liverpool and Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. But there is one thing to touch on, Graham's We're touching on um, the the thing that we had in 2010 with two levers and the advice we got and how we handled that. Yeah, I mean, not just two leavers.
2: one of the employee number one or two who who had just been made a shareholder, and uh, so top pillar and second top pillar, um, left within a month of each other, and that was really, really challenging time, and actually, just just after that, uh, our talent acquisition um, person left as well whilst we were trying to scale up, and those two individuals, the two top billers were characters. They were they were number one and number two billers. People looked up to them, you know, they had a presence. And when when they left, that could have really rocked us. Um
1: the, big thing, it... that, the big thing around there was it was really because I had a couple of days, I was just sort of devastated. Yeah. Absolutely like I was rock that, bottom. But I yeah, I was the rock bottom. a so, yeah. yeah. And I remember us not talking about it for a couple of days, almost. And I think Graham was a, almost like, knew that I'm in, I'm in deep thinking. At this stage now, leave me to it. Graham, you leave me to it. He's, this is why I say the relationship's good, right? He knows I'm, I'm upset, I'm thinking about things, and he's not the chance to talk about it. And then by the time Graham's like, right, we, we should talk about this. So I was like, cool, I've got the solution. And he looked at me, sort of like a really nice thing for him. And I, we mapped it out. And the two biggest bits have happened there, two biggest bidders were still in the company mm. they just they changed different roles so graham and i just got back on the phones started being leading from the front the team really stepped up we ended up having a monster year really big an outsized year 2010 like the year those people left was an mm. outsized year in comparison mm. to all the other years um and it was a really good time because suddenly we realized the business stepped up and it was a great one for us to say we control this business mm. we don't just sit around and let things happen yeah. and we're gonna there was a piece of advice that we got, which is you need to start laying off staff, cutting costs. You need to anticipate the dip in the business. And we said, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't, I don't think that we've been trying to hire for so long. It doesn't feel right to lay people off because we lost two people. Something's yeah. not right. Yeah. And I remember Graham and I making a pact. I don't know if you're going to remember what I'm about to say, Gray, but I, I still take it to this day. And I tell my founders this, we, other, other, with my companies I'm advising on this, which is we made a pact that I said, I could handle, or we can handle this business failing. If it's decisions that we made and we believed in, and we're going to get make wrong decisions, we can handle that. What we can't handle is if we implement decisions that others have given us that don't seem right, we implement them blindly, and that fails, so that would eat me up. So we're going to take all the advice that we get, but it's got to be our decision, and we've got to feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really important turning point. I
2: think, I think I mean, no, sorry, well. When, when when those two individuals left as well, there, there was another, it reminded me of another kind of relationship that we had or how our dynamic worked. That we would often, when, when something might come up and, you know, Mark would see something in a certain, from a certain viewpoint, and I might see it from a different viewpoint. And often what would happen is within a short period, or or a period of time, we'd kind of come full circle and I'd go, I'm not really seeing it your way, Mark, I would, would wait and then come back out say, you know you know what, you're right, we should do it that way. And Mark would go, actually, you know what? I'm seeing it from your perspective now. And so, you know, we often come full circle. But one of the dynamics that we always had, which was that led to, if one of us ever felt strongly about something, so if Mark felt really strongly about something and I didn't agree with what whatever X was, and he said, I really feel strongly on this, oh, no problem, you go with it. And we always backed each other on that. If one of us felt strongly on something and we didn't agree, if, we, if the other felt Let's let's do it, and we'll do it together. Um, that was not a discussion that was that had. We never talked about, oh, we might need to do this at some point. It just naturally played out that way. And I think it comes back to that trust, the mutual respect, and friendship, and relationship. um That multiple times we just backed each other constantly. Oh, and I'll just take that to one one other thing. Our relationship was unbreakable. We we never, when we were together, nothing could break us. Even if we disagreed on something in a meeting, room, we back we backed each other. We never spoke badly of each other. Really to each other, but if it was never, never, ever in front of anybody else. Um, yeah, the team, broke.
1: the team would talk about that. I mean, there's certain individuals. Uh, ben Wallin, employee num- number one, who's obviously go- gone and set up his own business now, being really successful. He used to ch- joke and say to us, like you two are just so solid. Like they'd try and almost get him, but it just wasn't going to happen. And and that, and that's a really nice, nice to know that as well. To know that your business partner isn't going to say. That's just Mark. You know what Mark's like. No, he's not going to say that at all. Ever. He'll go to bat for me no matter what, and, and, that, and that's nice to have. That and still to this day.
0: So when you do, when you do, if you do back back one another or, or or the other person for a decision, it doesn't work out, then actually that's cool. That we tried it. We we did it. We agreed it together. We
1: went for it. Yeah. We well, um, mistakes. make mistakes every day. Like, how like, did you? I don't you, think we ever thought too much about the mistakes, right? How,
0: how did, good? How good were you at giving each other feedback?
1: Yeah, I think we were good at
2: it. A good question. I, actually, I, don't I think to we were question. good at it. I'll give you an example on small little things, which was yeah, you know, we we would talk to each other about. Is my to do list? Can you give me a sanity check on something? Constantly, constantly, it wasn't like once, all the time. Can you give me a Can you give me a sanity check on something? We still do it now. I we'll call my friend up and we'll say, Hey, give well, need a sanity check on something. So we were always good at giving each other feedback. or being supportive or helping, constant, I think.
1: And I hadn't really thought about it until you just said that, Gordon. I think it's a brilliant question. I'll tell you why, Gordon. Actually, one of the things that I think is brilliant, we never did it, and actually in a more formal way, it might have been nice on a quarterly basis to say, hey, let me review what you've done, vice versa. Actually, it might have been a good idea, to be fair, uh, I think it didn't really come up. It's one of those things now that you say it, I think it's very valuable to take a step back and to say, hey, review each other, especially as we got on so well, I could actually get really good, genuine feedback from someone mm-hmm. I trust. Mm-hmm. So with hindsight, yeah, it might have been productive. We definitely spoke about roles. One of the things that we did that's worth touching on is we consciously, James helped us. I think mean, Graham spoke about this earlier, but really we rarely would be ever we tried not to be in meetings together. We had our own meetings, Graham and mm-hmm. I, but broadly in the business, if there's an interview. I'd do the interview if necessary. If I like the person, Grant doesn't need to meet them. He like, like, might need to because it, the candidate wants to. It helps helps us. But broadly, it's like, if you like them, I'm going to like them and vice versa. So we really try to separate that out. Sometimes I see some businesses accidentally say, oh, we, we must do this together. We must be involved together. Mm. And as a respect thing, actually, it's not great for the business to do that. You've got two great leaders. Why I put you both in the same meeting? So we rarely did meetings, obviously board meetings and key meetings, but rarely together.
0: Hmm. final final question would you could you have done the um could you have done it on your own oh,
1: I, I couldn't have, have no i couldn't have and i wouldn't advise people do i think that's no. something that, that i see i was um yeah i think having each other's so good and i you know so even when we went, went to the us i'd be able to call graham up somebody's always on my side always always say can you believe what i've just had a conversation about or this thing's coming up or this is what I'm finding frustrating and then somebody's going, oh, so it's brutal, you know, how, how can I help you? And no mm-hmm. one, never ever saying, well, it's your fault, your problem, mm-hmm. whatever. Was so, that was so key, those sanity checks, et cetera. Yeah, and, and also then the globalization of the business, that's something, one of the reasons that we made US a success was because we had a founder. Yeah. That, I can make whatever decision I wanted on the spot, whenever I wanted to, about anything, and know that Graham's gonna be fine with mm-hmm. that. Graham will know, you do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, because that trust was there, and it just, that was really useful. And it likewise, that helped us then build two proper businesses in two, two very distinct geographies. Mm. I think we were ready for that, by the way,
2: Gordon. I think if you, if you think, you know, we, when we opened our US office in Los Angeles, and Mark went, went to do that in 2013, we sat together for the first kind of four years and worked you know, really closely, definitely you know, yeah. next, next door to each other. And I think we were ready to go and you know Mark run the US me run the European business, UK business. So and I think that was the timing was really good on that, not just in terms of the opportunity and the revenue, et cetera, but for our roles as well. I think that was the, the timing of that was really, really good and, and that worked out well because effectively we became CEOs of both individual businesses.
1: Hmm. And that was a turning point in life for me though. That, that's where touching on that that was, you know, I remember it like it it was yesterday, which is graham and i would sit next to each other like i said we'd always talk and, and he said to me i need to talk to you about something and i'm thinking oh, like, you know you know like what's going to come out of his mouth next and he said to me i'm just going to say it and i'm like oh is he going to resign what, what, what are we doing here what's he going to say and he says we need to sell the u.s office and you've got a green card so you just got to move to the u.s and do it and he's like almost like now i've said it and i was like yeah okay and he looked at me like what and what he didn't know was I wanted to move back to the U.S., but I had a brilliant business and I'm not going to do anything to jeopardize that business. Mm. But we were doing a lot more in the U.S. Um, and therefore, it was a really funny one where I was like, OK, cool, but I pick a location. And he's like, well, of course you do. Do whatever mm. you want. And there was a moment where we both sat there and I'm like, yes, I wanted to move back. but I wanted it to be about the business. and I couldn't leave this business. Graham's like, I can't believe it. I just convinced my business partner. To move to another country to, to well, have an
2: office. Well not only that, yeah. You know, I suggested moving to Los Angeles and yeah, you know, starting having a life in California like whilst I was still in Wargate. I mean mm.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's really interesting thing about the there's a bit of luck, the fact that you work together and you got on if you haven't met, you've gone different trajectories. You're saying actually, I'm not sure I could have done it without the other other person, and it, it just got me thinking about you know we've got a lot of members obviously that are started the business on their own, doing very well surrounding themselves with with different people, but to, to do it on a journey with somebody who becomes you know one of your best mates and you're doing anything for each other is 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 pretty special.
1: It is, it is special, and even to this day now, Graham and I talk all the time and want to be involved. You know. I'm not actively looking for any clients, but but would love to be involved w- with a company or with a project mm. with Graham. Just we can work and dovetail the U.S. and Europe is such a synergized uh, proposition to almost get both of us. We want to do that. We want to work together. We're investing together. We're in private equity partnerships. together. We're in, we're in a lot together. We're still in that mode. Graham mm. and I, you know, I'm in London in, in July and Graham's like, clearly I'm clearing the diary. I'm going to spend time with you and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was still really close in that sense. But for some of your members, though, there is a piece here, which is we need to be realistic, right? It's not easy to say clearly if they had something that they loved, respected, trusted, they'd try and go into business. But not everyone's in that position. Not everyone's able to have we were able to have an open conversation as well because I was in the U.S. He was in England. Uh, He's not going to do anything for my job. Internally, you can't always go up to another director and say, hey, you're thinking of leaving. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't always fly. So mm-hmm. there is a reality that we got lucky there. So what do people do if they don't have that? There's probably two things that I would absolutely advocate if you're a solo leader. First of all, I'm really envious. You've got a large percentage of your business, that, that return will be good. But you have to do two things. You have to really build a proper leadership team where you're trusted, senior people around you. You can have an open conversation Um, so that you can actually get feedback. You don't accidentally become this despot at the top of a company and no one can really tell what to do. You Mm -hmm. want your leadership team to push you just like you would work with them. Um, And then the other thing is I've always believed in outside advisors. I mean, I was on a call this morning. Um, One of my clients hit, hit a challenge, got text late last night. I need to be on a call this morning. Fine, I'll make the time. This is my value. There's a sanity check. Hey, I'm struggling with something. Let's talk about this right now. There's no one else this person can talk to and trust. So it's really important you surround yourself with good people if you are solo.
0: Mm, brilliant. Love it. Um, thank you both for for coming on. And, uh, and I think we've got a bit of an exclusive. There's, there's a double act NED package, possibly, that somebody, if you go, if you move fast, you are the right sort of business to get these guys involved. What a great opportunity. Um, but no. It's, I do, uh,
1: Gordon, can I just touch on uh, something just yeah. to finish up, which is uh, one of the things that I, I am or Graham and I are both actively looking at is we uh, console, um with, with AI staffers in, in 2016. So I, we have obsessed with AI over the last seven years. It's an area of expertise and I'm so excited about the market now. So we are actively all over AI, AI propositions, investments, et cetera. So if there's any AI in particular opportunities or people want a serious AI conversation, mm-hmm. then uh, uh, we're all ears, love to, love to pick up on that. Love it.
0: Okay, brilliant.
2: Mark was, all, Mark was always the better the BB guy, as you can
1: see. He's, there. he's <laughs>
2: Jenny, on this podcast. It's amazing.
1: I'm, I just love this AI stuff, mate. So that'll be another conversation, though, Gordon. That'll be for another time. I'll start yeah. freaking people out about the future of AI and the impact it's going to have on society, etc.
0: Brilliant. Listen, um, Graham, I know it's your first podcast and you've got a, a, a special microphone for this. So um, thank you. Thank you both for joining us. You're up to the footy, um, but it's been absolutely fascinating insight. you going it.
1: to Liverpool tonight, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. We'll <laughs> thank speak you soon. Cheers, guys. Bye. Don't forget to follow the TRM podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts for a new exciting episode every week.